live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. friend David Kaplan awaits. He's sponsored by our friends at Centurion Stone, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cap Trent Ken, thanks for coming on, David Kaplan. How are you? Doing well, doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. Our friend Zubin Mahente informed us that you were on uh, his show earlier in the week or at some point after the La Russa hiring. I guess we should start there. It seems like it's old news, but we haven't spoken with you since then. A lot of mixed reaction, Cap. I know that you're on record as saying Larusa will win a world title uh, before he yep. is uh, his days are over on the South Side. He's a terrific manager. He's also kind of set in his ways, old ways of doing things. If you get my drift, that may not um, go over well in clubhouses around Major League Baseball, in particular the one that he's going to be in charge of. Uh, how big of a concern is that cap when you look at some of the things he said in the past knowing that it's 2020 uh i'm not concerned because people that know him in fact a good friend of mine who has been a broadcaster for the cardinals said and he's a person of color on top of it said i'm telling you he's a different guy he said i'm telling you this guy has he's brilliant he's an attorney he said he's really done a lot to educate himself about a lot of different issues that have jumped to the forefront here in the last couple, three years. So he truly believes it's a really good hire. And then I read an article where Reggie Sanders said, if they'll just fall in line and listen to how that guy leads in that clubhouse and believe in him, they'll win the World Series. Off-season, unlike any other now in front of us, saying what kind of money is going to be spent free agents, what do the White Sox need to do, and what's realistic for them and maybe anybody across baseball to spend here this offseason in your mind? Well, they've got some room, but don't forget, no fans are in the stands, and we don't know right. if fans are coming back. Yeah. And the White Sox TV ratings, while up on NBC Sports Chicago, it's not like they are just cashing huge checks. Jerry Reinsdorf has said nine-figure losses. The Cubs are saying if they don't have fans next season – they could lose over $300 million Jesus. in the two years that the pandemic then would have been affecting baseball. So I don't see the White Sox going out and giving Trevor Bauer $250 million. I don't. I think they're going to do all they can, though, to put Tony in a position to succeed. Jerry Reinsdorf's a brilliant man. He knows what people are saying, that they don't like to hire some of the fan base, a large chunk of the fan base. He's going to do all he can not just because Tony's his friend, he wants the guy he handpicked to win. Mm. Uh, his, how, how important is the staff they surround him with, Cap? Look, LaRusse is one of the brightest minds in the history of the game. Uh, but does he need to go young? What, what does he need to do with his staff maybe to um, not make it easier in the clubhouse, but maybe have someone in the clubhouse that the players can more so relate to than the, you know, the uh, 70, what is he, 76-year-old manager? 
Yeah, I don't think age matters. I really don't. I think that's wildly overblown. They just have to get good coaches. Now, I'm hearing through Chuck Garfine that the guy who might, might be the pitching coach uh, was Lucas Giolito's coach in high school, and now he works for the San Francisco Giants and is a rising star in the industry. He's a younger guy. But he offered the job to Dave Duncan, right. who's the same age as Tony. He just said, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. He's lost a son. He lost his wife. He's gone through a lot of stuff. He works in the organization, but he just doesn't want to grind. I, I asked someone, I've never been and never will be a major league pitching coach, so tell me what that commitment is like. And they said, 7 o'clock game, you're in the ballpark 10, 30, 11 in the morning and you aren't leaving till 11.30 at night. That's not the life that I think he wants to live. Hmm. Cap, uh, baseball in general question for you. Uh, look, at I uh, postseason awards are postseason awards, right? You you might, uh, if, if it's your guy, you're excited he got it. If it's not your guy that should you think should have got it, you're going to beef about it. But what in the world were they doing handing out gold gloves on of all nights, uh, a night like last night, Cap, I was surprised that baseball decided, you know what, this is a good idea. Let's let's go ahead and uh, and let the world know who won gold gloves in baseball. Not that big a deal, but just seems like a mistake by Major League Baseball. Yeah, but, I mean, the NFL having their, we're going to make sure every ballot is counted and we're closing all the facilities so you can vote. Yeah, but we're not moving the trade deadline 24 hours. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, none of it makes sense. I don't understand you know, we're sitting here and we talk on the radio for a living and we try to be a GM in four different sports five days a week. <laughs> right. And it doesn't mean we're always right. But I can't understand how these intelligent people that are getting paid. Roger Goodell made $45 million last year. He didn't look and go, hold on a second. <laughs> we're closing the facilities. Noble thing. We want everyone to go out yep. and vote. Let's have the trade deadline that day. Really? So all the media that has to cover it, they got to deal with it. Players have to deal with all the rumors of whether they're being moved. Oh, and the entire front office staff, yeah, the facility's closed, but we're going to work on trade deadline stuff. Yeah, I, I thought it was ludicrous. We'll jump into the Bears. Another week, another loss, this time in overtime against the Saints. Right there, opportunities. they got to stop in overtime. Felt like maybe this is going to be one of those crazy games they pull out. But Foles and company couldn't do anything uh, with the ball in OT. Cap, a lot of questions out there. Is it time to go back to Mitchell Trubisky? I'm not in that camp. Ken might be sliding that way. Your thoughts? Is it time? And Foles doesn't look like the guy that certainly is good enough to win a playoff game, it looks like, with this Bears team. I mean, when we started talking about Nick Foles before they made the trade to get him and his name came up, I kept screaming to you guys, Nick Foles is not who everyone thinks he is. He got on a heater in Vegas, and he was at the crap table or the blackjack table, and, boy, just keep pressing my bet. And he won the Super Bowl. God bless him. He had a really, really amazing offensive line in Philadelphia. He had really good skill position players. He had a good defense. They're well coached. And he won the Super Bowl. But every time a franchise has handed him the keys, he has failed. Jacksonville, St. Louis second iteration in Philadelphia. Now he's going to come here with nine years in his ninth year, and we're going to see a different guy? Yes, they've moved on from Mitch. I get it. it. I don't think it really matters. Neither guy appears to be the answer. Mitch won't be here, but those people that 
kept screaming, Nick Foles, Nick Foles. Nick Foles is a backup, and that's all he is. Yeah, I'm with you, Cap. I don't think it, it doesn't matter who plays. Kind of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, yeah. uh, whoever yep. gets into the game. The only reason I would play Trubisky, just in case that he you know, does come to life a little bit. Not that he's going to be the Bears quarterback, but maybe you can get something from him, uh, or for him, rather, instead of just outright releasing him. So, uh, you Cap- can't. I mean, you, he's, he's a free agent at the end. Well, of the then year. you can't, yeah. He doesn't have a year left at all. On the rookie deal, You'd that's be it. Play, oh, player option. Uh, well, they didn't pick up his option. Well, then, uh, then they did the right thing there. Um, are we surprised Wims wasn't outright cut after his display on Sunday? I was. Now that's the emotional old school guy that I am. Release him. That's it. And Dave wants that. Who's old school and you know was telling us, boy, Jimmy Johnson. If you fumbled in the wrong situation, <laughs> right. he'd literally cut you yeah. as soon as the game ended. You're done. And it was to send a message. He said, in this situation, he said, if you go back to when Dave was the head coach in Chicago, he goes, we're talking 28 years ago. He goes, there's no social media. There's no Internet. We're not watching 17 different channels of sports stuff with that highlight running basically on a reel, one after another. He said, stuff got handled internally or you sent a message. He goes, that guy got his the message. I hear he's a really good guy in the room. He's not a low character guy. He lost his head. He did. And it's going to cost, he doesn't make a lot of money. He's yeah. going to cost him two game checks. So that's a ton of money that's coming out of his pocket. So, you know, Dave kind of talked me down from, look, you can't just automatically just run him out of town. He thinks, get rid of him. He said, let him serve his punishment and let's see how he responds. Massey put on the IR with a knee injury out at least four weeks, it looks like, making it even worse. Mm. A couple of guys put on the COVID list on that offensive line, including Effetti, who was good at the beginning of the year, has struggled a little bit more lately, and also a reserve in Spriggs. What's that offensive line? I mean, it's already such a struggle. How's it going to look like this Sunday? Yeah, and that's why I keep looking at the line, and the line's only five and a half. Yeah. And you're going up, you've been gashed by good running backs. Derrick Henry is a beast, yep. great running back. The Titans were an AFC title game finalist last year. They're at home. The Bears quarterback position's in shambles. Their offensive line is in shambles. The backup center, who I was talking to you guys about a week ago, Sam Mustaver, who I thought played really well mm-hmm. on Sunday, looks like he's out with an injury. Cody Whitehair looks like he's out with an injury. You mentioned two guys on the COVID list. Bobby Massey out and on IR for at least a month with an injury. Like, I don't know why that line isn't like eight, eight and a half. I don't understand it. Hmm. Kappa, Nagy, Pace, and both QBs, would you be shocked if, if they're all not blown out after this? If it doesn't go well, and I don't know what go well means. I think even if they do get into the playoffs, I don't think they're long for the playoffs. But doesn't it seem like, and Trent even wants to go higher than that, but don't you need a, I mean, totally clean house with that organization? They seemingly are spinning their wheels. I don't disagree, but it's not going to happen. You're in a pandemic. You've got no fans. You are losing insane amounts of money. So now we're going to go to George McCaskey, and we're going to go, I know we're in a pandemic, George, and I know we went 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven. Whatever the case may be, we need you to buy out one year of Ryan. Okay, that's, I don't know what that, $2 million? We need you to buy out two years of Matt. What's that? $6 million? Oh, by the way, 
We got to blow out the director of player personnel, the director of college pro scouting. We got to buy out all the assistant coaches. We got to, he wants a new strength coach. He wants a new trainer. All of a sudden you're looking going, wait, hold on. How much money do you guys want me to spend? And the team hasn't even been improved yet. Now, how are you addressing quarterback? Well, you got $8 million for the next two years after this tied up in Nick Foles. Yeah, he can be your backup. And that's as good a backup as they'll be in the league. Who's your starting quarterback? Well, the Houston Texans might be picking in the top two. Might. They're horrible. And their first and second-round picks are owned by Miami. Well, Miami has two Otunga mm. Bailoa. So if they're picking number two, what do we have to give up to get that pick so we can draft Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? Whichever one goes one or two, we get the other one. Well, we'd have to give up multiple number ones. We'd have to give up probably a two. All right, so now how are we fixing our offensive line? I don't know. So they're in a really bad spot. Cap, this would be the time we'd be getting ready for basketball. We'd be talking about camps and preseason and on and on and on. Yet, here we sit. Don't know when the season's going to begin. I know the Players Association is meeting about that December 22nd start date. What are you hearing about the return of the NBA and with it, an organization like the Bulls, huge building there, fans in attendance, how far would they have to push it back to even get anybody in the building and start to build back some of that money that they lost? Well, until we get a vaccine, and, I mean, are you signing up the first day the vaccine's available? Right. I don't know. No, I'll I let you take it first. <laughs> what Exactly. Yeah. My brother is a surgeon, and I said, you tell me when you think it's safe for me to take that shot. Yeah. So... But my point is, there will be a lot of people that say, I'm not taking that shot yet. And there will be others that say, I'm never taking that shot yet. Oh, I will. So are you going to, if I gave you tickets to go see opening day at Wrigley, are you going to sit there with 40,000 other people? Not 40, not. no. 15? Yeah, maybe. 12? We'll, we'll see, Cap. I, I think it's a long shot. That badly. I don't need to go that badly. Yep. I've been to a billion games. I'll watch on television. I'm just not at that point. So I think. These teams would be wise, and I think they are wise, to prepare themselves for huge losses financially again next year. I don't think we're playing 162 games in baseball. You asked about the NBA. The commissioner wants fans back in the stands, but he also wants to play on Christmas Day. Well, how are we playing on Christmas Day? It's November 4th. (laughs) When has training camp started? Are we just going to throw guys, hey, hey, we're playing in three days. Get over here. <laughs> I mean, there's no shot. So I don't know when they're going to be resuming play, and I don't know when they're going to get fans. Uh, last thing, Cap, any Cubs nuggets that you want to share with us? What's uh, percolating around the Cubs, if anything? Uh, you know, they haven't made decisions yet on what they're going to do with some of their bigger contracts. They are in move money mode, period. I do not believe they're trying to win the World Series next year. Mm. And they could say, hey, I heard you on the radio. We really we want to win the World Series. Yeah, so do the Mariners. They want to win it, too. What will your actions do to show you that you, you lost three starters? Lester, Quintana, Tyler Chatwood. Okay, how are you replacing those three guys? You don't want to spend any money. Are you going to – what are you doing with Chris Bryant? You could pay him $20 million for what you've seen? I'm not. Well, I don't think there's a team out there that's going to call you up and say, hey, uh, Ken, yeah, this is Bob. I'd like to trade for Chris Bryant. I'll give you my best prospects so you stay face with your fan base, 
and give me the whole twenty million. Well, how did he do last year? He was horrible and he was injured. I, I just I think they're in a really tough spot, and I would not be shocked. You can mark this tape that somebody of that core group, and they already picked up Rizzo's option. Yeah. They're not going to do it to Baez, so it's either Schwarber, Bryant, or both get non tenders Interesting. We're uh, going to be fun times ahead, Cap. I'll uh, appreciate you coming on, as always, my friend. Have a wonderful week. Thanks, Capper. Have a great day. See you, buddy. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa, sponsors our weekly visit with Cappy. Grateful to Justin Luch and Joe Farron and the team over at Centurion Stone of Iowa. And if you're in the market for manufactured or natural stone, you got a project either inside the house or outside the house, any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Centurion Stone has over 200 of those. Check them out online, Centurion Centurion Stone of Iowa, or visit the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Great guys, great company, and uh, they also do Chris's Picks, a sponsored segment for Chris. How did he do last week? I didn't see overall how he did. I heard just uh, a couple before I was I was getting ready for my high school game that night, so I just heard a little bit. We had, of course, Halloween, so I just heard a couple of them. Not they sure should sponsor did. the leader of the talkers well, on a year-to-year basis. Right yeah. now, I would think that you're having a very good year. I am, 61.8%. Right. Chris had that one year that was just ridiculous. He was like 75%. It's it's nuts. Nuts. Unthinkable to be able to do that. And it's funny, as I've been doing well and I'm out and about and talking to different clients and different people in the community, more and more people. What's your best one this week? (laughs) What what do you like this week? Who are you on this week? They know you're a sicko is what they know. Well, they know that too. Everybody already knew that part, but now people are actually looking for advice. That wasn't the case always. No. Funny Funny what a good year could all of a sudden do. Uh, John Miller, HawkeyePodcast.com, joins the program. We've got to do some business before we get to John as it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword THANKS to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, John Miller coming up next. Miller and Condon take you until noon. We'll pick Trent's gambling brain before we get out of here just before noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Charmin. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Wednesday morning, Miller and Condon, another half hour to go. Pick Trent's gambling brain before we get out of here on Maction tonight. There's a whole slate. Six of them to pick from. Six of them. How many are you going to play? Uh, I got one here right now. I'll start digging in a little bit more later this afternoon and probably have another play or two, but... It's Maction. you got to get on right away, Indeed right? you do. Well, it's good to have our next guest back in the Hawkeye media fold, John Miller, uh, who is as um, prominent in Hawkeye websites right from the beginning, I think, as anybody in the state with the what became the rival site and the scout site and HawkeyeNation.com and now HawkeyePodcast.com. John, I'm glad you're back in the game. Good to speak with you, old friend. How you been? 
I've been okay. I'm I'm just an addict returning to his uh, to his addiction. You know, I can't stay away, Ken. No, I love it, John. I really do. What I want to know, you know, my love for domains. How long have you been squatting on HawkeyePodcast.com? That's a terrific domain. Four years. Have you Four really? Years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just you know I bought HawkeyeNation.com a year before you know I I, I used it. Um, you know, I was here in. Uh, Jim Rome and, and JT the Brick and all their Raider Nation stuff back in the mid-90s when I was really listening to national sports talk. And I thought, that's a really cool way to describe a fan base. Um, and I just went and bought Hawkeye Nation thinking that, you know, at that time I was with uh, the original Rivals Network, um, superhawkeye.com which I'll bring that up in a second. Um, and I'm like, you know, someday I'm probably going to want to be on my own because I'm an entrepreneur, was back then too, and bought it and used it. And, you know, I wasn't saying in 2016 that one day I was going to be on my own, but I can, you, you and I both have had a, uh, uh, habit of buying URLs through uh-huh. the years, uh, yeah. that we may or Bad may one. not use. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, so I bought that. And then Dace was telling me like about four months later that he was thinking of doing something with Michigan. So I said, Steve, you should go buy Michigan podcast. I bought Hawkeye podcast maybe to you someday. But the reason you should buy it is because it's always really smart when your URL is self-explanatory of what you are because it will help you in the search engine optimization. So that's why I did it. And, you know, back to superhawkeye.com, I almost called this venture superhawkeye.com because all through the years, the last, I don't know, 18, a couple times a year, I set a reminder on my calendar mm-hmm. to go to GoDaddy to look to see if superhawkeye.com is available. And it never was. And last January, there it was. So I bought that baby. She's back in my family. And... uh <laughs> I don't know that I'll ever use it, but it's mine. Well, my the best one I own right now, John, and I've been watching how much money was thrown around over this last couple of uh, months. I own blog or talk dot com, and I think that maybe something might come of that uh, in the weeks, months, years ahead. Yeah, because there's a whole bunch yeah. more races coming up in 2022, and my gosh, the money that's been thrown away. Blog or talk dot com. We shall it's see. Fe- Day is going to come. Yeah, I hope so. Good to, yeah, absolutely. John, uh, let's get into what you're talking about now, and that is the world of Hawkeye football. 0-2 start. You looked at the matchups. Purdue has played under Brom, Iowa very well recently. Northwestern, we know Fitz's uh, history with the Hawkeyes, but nobody had this team 0-2 at this point. Maybe you thought, eh, maybe they'll still up their toe somewhere. Nobody had them 0-2. How disappointing of this start to the season is, and coupled with a team that has everything else hanging over them, what happened this summer. A lot of frustrations right now in Hawkeye Nation. Yeah, I think really how frustrated it is and disappointed it is it has to relate to each individual. You know, I said before they started playing, I was kind of looking at this as an exhibition year and a developmental year, and obviously you still want to win. And if Iowa went to Indianapolis, I'd have been just as happy and cheering just as hard as I did back in 2015. But I... I, I thought that they could lose the Purdue game, but I thought that they would win the Northwestern game. And before the Northwestern game last week, I said on Hawkeye Podcast that I felt that this was one of the most important games for the Iowa football program mm-hmm. in 30 plus years. Don't like it. Because, because of what took place this offseason and how badly that locker room and the health, the mental health of that program needed a win in that spot, and they didn't get it. And whether it's apropos of anything, you know, Amir Smith-Marset the next night yeah. gets the OWI. 
uh, Tyler Kluver of Washed Up Walk-Ons um, in his publicly available podcast this week said that he has heard that, you know, Amir Smith-Marset is a guy that's really taken advantage of some of the freedoms mm. that have uh, been made available to the program in the absence of Chris Doyle, right, wrong, or indifferently, mm-hmm. and makes you wonder. It's not really... Um, not really all that surprising and then it makes you wonder just how heavy a hand kirk ferentz can have in light of what happened in may and june how heavy can he be before you know he could potentially lose that locker room so i don't know i don't know the answer if he's lost it or not or if it's heading that way but i do know that their offense considering the weapons that they have it's inexcusable that they scored 14 points uh, you know, two touchdowns on Saturday. And really, let's be honest, they scored one touchdown on any sort of a drive because the first one was a one-play six-yard TD after interception on the six-yard line by Northwestern. And I think Iowa's other touchdown came on a short porch set up by another touchdown. So that offensive effort on Saturday unacceptable. John, you said uh, you were on Hawkeye Nation's podcast earlier in the week, and, and you said something that uh, actually was, was my take on, on Monday morning. And this is just a gut on my part, as I'm assuming it is on yours, too. It just feels different this year with Ferentz, uh, as, as far as his tenure uh, at the University of Iowa. Look, it's, everybody has got to end for them sometime, right? Uh, you certainly want to go out on a high, I would think, but it does it... And I knew you said so, so I want to get your, your reasoning behind it, because it feels like, to me, too if this you know if it doesn't go well this year if they do finish stagger to a two and six based on what happened in the summer based on the fact that, that a lot of people believe that he's kind of walking on eggshells in that program now that seems like he's nearing the end you said so and i don't want to put words in your mouth i did as well why do you think that that's a possibility maybe more so this year uh, than uh years that we felt like this before yeah, because of my belief, and my belief, it's mostly just my gut, could be wrong, that he is walking on eggshells. Like, you know, what I just said, how how much of a hammer can he bring down, um, you know, now relative to what he would have before? Before May and June happened and Chris Doyle was still there, well, we know the full weight of the hammer would be there. Mm-hmm. Can he do that now? I don't think he can. I think there's been, I think he's been defanged. And I think that someone who has operated in complete and total control for two decades uh, as a head football coach, and and by the way, Kirk Ferentz is hardly unique in that regard. Not This isn't a character assassination on that aspect of control. Uh, I I don't know that a guy is going to want to stick around uh, and go through that given what, you know, just because I think that he's defanged. I think think you used the right term. Uh, eggshells. I, I don't know that Kirk's going to be down for sticking around for that, and that's why I feel like I, I feel more than I ever have that this is that he will, you know, resign at the end of the season. John Miller joining us. Hawkeye Podcast is where you can find his latest work, also HawkeyeNation.com. John, with that, the quarterback position. Spencer Petras, two games in. There's been some moments where you say, "Wow, dude's got an arm. You can see what they see," but. There's also been pretty much every pass across the middle coming in at 100 miles an hour and not right. a whole lot of touch there. We have seen Kirk very much struggle when there's any kind of quarterback controversy out there. You go back to Rudock, you go back to Stanzi and Christensen, on and on and on. This is not when he is at his strongest. How long of a leash do you believe Spencer Petras has, and how long should that leash be in your mind as opposed to what it'll be in Ferentz's? 
Well, I think he's got a very long leash. You know, the, the Jake Christensen, Ricky Stanzi thing. Um, I was much more plugged into that one. Mm-hmm. And Kurt just felt a sense of loyalty to Jake that Ken O'Keefe did not feel. Ken O'Keefe uh, was an advocate for giving Ricky Stanzi an opportunity and a more significant opportunity much earlier than they wound up doing. Um, and I think, you know, it turned out that Kirk was wrong on that one. I don't know the gap between Petrus and Padilla. I don't know what that is. Uh, to me, I get the feeling that it's more sizable than the gap was between Jake and Ricky in Kirk's mind. Mm. I think that Spencer Petrus is playing like someone who is trying to do too much, who is going too fast, and then you throw onto that that Iowa has him attempt 50 passes in a game where they never trailed by more than one point, and they were up 17 to nothing at one point in time, and you have him throw 50 passes in that game, that's a coaching staff that doesn't know who they are or who they want to be with the personnel that they have, and that's a failure on the coaching staff to throw that ball 50 times in a game Mm -hmm. where you only trailed by one point at any point in time and led the majority of the game. That's a huge failure. So I am not yet ready to make any sort of, you know, definitive ruling on Petrus other than he's trying too hard, he's going through things too fast, it reminds me of a combination of Jake Christensen, but also Drew Tate. Drew Tate, in his first year in 2003, in the first half of many games, and you'll all remember the first quarter of the Wisconsin game that season, I'm sorry, 2004 rather, when uh, he had two interceptions. He was sailing a high, sailing a hard, but, but Drew Tate calmed down as the games went on and began to play within himself. Haven't seen Spencer be able to do that yet. He hasn't been able to play within himself yet. And Drew Tate was called on to throw the ball a lot that year that year because the running game wasn't there. The running game's there this year. It's just that I was choosing once again to run out of archaic dead on arrival power formations where the rest of the college football world's not doing it. And it's a lot harder for a talented player like Tyler, Tyler Goodson to make a guy miss in space when there's eight men in the box as opposed to six. Uh, John Miller, HawkeyePodcast.com. John, a couple more minutes and I want to get into the schedule that you're going to uh, put forward at the, at the Hawkeye Podcast. Just basketball real quick. Trent and I started the show. It doesn't feel like Cyhawk's going to happen this year in basketball we're crossing our fingers that the ACC Big Ten Challenge and the game against Gonzaga uh, are played this is far and away McCaffrey's most difficult non-con season assuming it happens does it feel to you like it will come off yeah I I would I wouldn't I would see the Iowa Iowa State game would be one of the more easy ones to pull off than North Carolina flying halfway across the country and or going up to South Dakota um you know, the the relationship between Iowa and Iowa State, even though it's certainly tight, I think Gary Barta and Jamie Pollard can pick up the phone. I think they can, you know, have a discussion about their internal athletic protocols. Um, How is your COVID rate? You know, what type of, you know, infections rates have you had in the basketball program, both in the offseason and now? Uh, and let's go do this. I, I think that would be easier to do than a Gonzaga or a North Carolina. John defense it comes down to something feels like we talk about every year with the McCaffrey era uh, we we've talked to national guys Rob Doster said that's the reason he just doesn't see I was a final four contender even a regular season title contender is because of that defense we know the limitations physically with some of the players out there Garza Bohan and never going to be great defenders what can they do we, we've seen good defensive teams under McCaffrey when he had Woodbury in the middle what can be done to shore that up and at least make them adequate Maybe Nunji 
can be that guy that blocks more shots. I don't know, but I mean, I've said this about much of the McCaffrey era, with the exception of when Woodbury was the enforcer in there. Be his own team. Just be his own team. It's not a sin. Tom Davis was his own team his entire time, and that allowed his teams to actually win more games than the sum of the parts should have won. The sum of this year's parts are really good. It's okay to be his own team because there aren't many guys on Iowa's team that are going to make stops as on-ball defenders. They're just not. Uh, so quit trying to pretend that you have to. You don't, you don't automatically lose man points by playing zone. So go be a zone team. Work on being a zone team from the start. That way you get more comfortable rebounding out of a zone, which is why it's hard to make an in-year philosophical switch, like, oh, we're going to start playing more zone. Well, it's the rebounding out of the zone that's the hardest thing for guys to get acclimated to, and unless you practice it more and more, you won't do it. But I think Iowa needs just to be a top 40 you know, defensive efficiency team because I think they're going to be number one or number two in the nation in offensive efficiency, and they can make it. They can make it to that uh, Final Four, Sweet 16-type range. Because to me, this team, if they make it to the Sweet 16, I will, I will feel that they have fulfilled their promise. Because after that, it's all about matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they can do better than that. John Miller, Hawkeye Podcast on Twitter. We put the wrong tweet uh, Twitter address up on our, our guest list rundown. It's at Hawkeye Podcast. That's the website as well, HawkeyePodcast.com. So what are you going to do, John? I know you're busy on Thursday. Uh, you also do uh, post-game stuff, uh, halftime as well. Uh, what do you plan on doing uh, for the Hawkeye fan base out there? Yeah, so whenever I do a podcast, it starts out as a live video broadcast that I'm doing via Crowdcast that's integrated with the Patreon. So if you go to HawkeyePodcast.com, you can get all the information. Um, it's, it's, it's a paywall. You know, wife said if you're going to start taking time away from the family for your little hobby, you better make some money at it. I said, okay. And um, so, you know, all of these podcasts start out as live video interactive broadcasts the opportunity for people to come on and actually I can pull them up on the screen with the video camera on their smartphone or computer if they want to do that. But I also take it, you know, we probably take 20, 40 questions uh, every post game because there's a question and comment submission box. So essentially, Ken, it's what I used to do there in your chair and down the hall at sound off, but utilizing 2020 technology. And this is kind of funny and Mr. McCray may not remember this, but I told Joel out back uh, in the, in the alleyway one day, many, many years ago in 2007, that one day I wasn't going to need his radio tower. I was, people were just going to be able to go punch in johnmiller.com and I'm going to be able to do my own post game show on demand and live when they're driving home from Kinnick. Well, that day's here and it's now, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So just go to HawkeyePodcast.com, and, and I, I write some things and send out during the week as well. And uh, it's going to be a nice little intimate setting because, quite frankly, I just don't have it in me to build another beast like Hawkeye Nation again. Glad you're back, John Miller. Thank you for coming on. Best of luck with the Endeavor, endeavor and uh, we'll hopefully be able to run you down a couple of times throughout football and basketball season. Great to talk to you, John. I appreciate it, Ken, and uh, Squints passes along his regrets. He couldn't make it, but he's, he's lurking back there somewhere. He cracks me up, dude. He really does. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Thanks, John. See you later. John Miller, HawkeyePodcast.com. Used to sit in this chair uh-huh. from 2 until 4 for the longest time. He did, yeah. Yeah, did a nice job by himself, too, solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the easiest thing to do. We will uh, take a time out. Uh, come back. Mr. Maction, do you have any? No. <laughs> Mr. Maction, he's ready. All right, we will find out if, how ready next. Well, I guess you'll be put to the test tonight, though, ultimately. Miller and Conda until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 10-
Hillary Condon. Just realized we didn't hear one political spot. Huh. <laughs> After just being yeah. overwhelmed, inundated with them. TV, I, too. I saw WHO 13. Uh, yesterday they had a, a post up, I think, on their Facebook page. 342. 342. <laughs> KCCI had, I think it was 630, their last that one that played. One. So, uh, yeah, we are past that season. But you know what we move into? Red bows on cars and his and her pickup season. Oh, yes, of course. In, in the driveway. Not just one for you, one for her. Yeah, I get one for her, too. One for him and one for yeah, her. Yeah, it's been a good year, And right? red bow on the, I think it's Lexus, right? Have you ever red bowed for I did. Stretch? I did. Yeah? Yes. Look at you over uh, there. They're the one we're driving now. <laughs> you red bowed that thing, I did. Huh? Well, her birthday's on, uh, yeah, it's her birthday's in December. and It's a pretty good one. Yeah, I guess, right? Has my wife still driving around in a 15-year-old Prius? No, listen. Um, Sorry, hon, it's not happening this year. No, the good, good folks over there at, uh, I don't mind giving them a plug, uh, Willis. Anyways, uh, we're anxious to hear what you're playing tonight. So, I love this spot in general. Just what I've looked at. I must mention Eastern Michigan. We were talking with Bill Bender earlier. They lose a ton off of last year's okay. team. I don't think they're going to be very good. The one thing, Chris Creighton's team always seems to play close games. But and they've got Kent State? They're going to Kent State, going to Dick's Stadium, 5 o'clock game. This will be on your ESPN3. I just think, on paper, they're a lot better than Eastern Michigan. Kent State is a lot better than Eastern. But I'm seeing both steam coming back the other way, though a majority of the money and bets are coming in at Kent State. The point spread's going in the reverse direction. That's reverse slide movement. I'm not going to buy it this time. I just think that my handicap is right here. I'm going to lay the four points with Kent State, but I'm going to tell you, some of the numbers that I'm seeing are a little bit concerning, and things that I normally go against would say I'd be going the opposite way. But it's Kent State, Mr. Maction, for tonight. Uh, So Buffalo and Northern Illinois gets my attention. Uh, It's on the deuce at 6 o'clock. Not from a betting perspective, but I want to ask you about that game, because Buffalo's, I think, one of the favorites, Yep. and Northern Illinois is one of the marquee programs. They seemingly are always there, and uh, playing for a championship one week, and then coming back a couple of weeks later in Detroit and playing in their bowl game. Um, do you have an opinion on that game at all? You know, that Northern Illinois program seems to be maybe slipping just a little bit. I was surprised to see that line as big as it is. And, and didn't Bender mention the fact that uh, the Buffalo's got a couple of running backs, both of them yes. very gifted, the Bulls do? And uh, also NIU, a couple of their better players had one opted out, one transferred to Charlotte when it looked like there wasn't going to be a max season. So they're also going a little bit lower than that. Just It's not the Northern team that we're kind of used to here, so... If you just see that line and want to buy it, bet it blindly, because, well, Northern Illinois is a solid program, yeah. be careful. Do a little more research. This is not the Huskies we've seen in the past. Uh, interesting. We um, the Packers in San Francisco are scheduled to play, and I say scheduled to play Yeah, what tomorrow. have you seen lately from when we Packers talked about Packers have earlier? closed down. Yep. Niners have closed their facility due, due to both having um, at least additional COVID. And the game, I mean... San Francisco is flying to Green Bay today, right? No, it's the other way around. Green Bay is flying. Fly- right. I think there's, yeah, I think I saw a tweet said they're supposed to leave at 4 o'clock. You can't still. I it, wouldn't think. Is this going to be the old Hayden Fry against Tulsa fly in the day in of the, the game? If, if indeed you. I mean, I hope that there's NFL football tomorrow, but look yeah. at Wisconsin is as, uh, is as hot a spot COVID wise as there is in the country. Um, and apparently there's a couple of nine, and the Niners are so banged up. Yes. I mean, so banged up. So is the running back position for the most part for the Packers. Are we going to have a week 18? I hope, here's, here's my take on that. Yes, I believe that there's going to be additional cancellation. I would rather see a week 18 
than to trick up the playoffs at yes, this point. I'm right there with you. Aren't you? I mean, even if everybody doesn't play in Week 18, if we got a couple of games mm-hmm. uh, because they need to be played. Yeah, it's three, four, five games, whatever it is. Better than adding an extra team. No. I already don't like the seven, then you go to eight. Yeah, it's more playoff football, but is it really? Yeah, it's a good point. Dolphins, right? Chiefs, yeah. that's a playoff game? Come on. Well, I guess a name. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, but uh, coming up uh, later on today, Murph and Andy, you two fanatics at four, and then Hawkeye uh, Central Radio tonight, Hawk Central Radio tonight uh, at six o'clock. Miller and Condon, 1460, 106.3 FM. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO.